0: Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode. And before we get started, let's say a word of prayer so the Lord will be with us. So with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for giving us life and all that we know of in this world today. The world is such a beautiful place because of what you gave to us with your own mouth. And Lord, we know that there are people out there who believe they are not nothing and came from nothing but we know the truth we know that you love us and you created us and that you want us to be with you forever. So I ask that you help us to be able to portray that love to others. And Lord, we know that time is running short. We ask that you help us to get our lives ready for your soon coming. So we ask all these things in your precious, holy, wonderful Son's name. Amen. So, as you may have guessed, today I want to talk about creation and the importance of it. A lot of people believe that the world was evolved out of nothing that a big bang happened or some microbe changed and formed into what it is. There's a lot of theories out there which are frankly crazy, some of them, to be honest with you. But the simple fact of the matter is, the Bible tells us how the world was made and it was by the word of the Lord. He spoke it into existence and it appeared. And except for with man though, he bent down and he formed man in his own image out of the dust of the earth. That is an amazing thing to think about that he used his very hands to shape and to form man into what he was. And then he breathed into him the breath of life and he became a living human being. And that just blows my mind each time I think about it. What a sight it would be to see that take place. I mean, that would be amazing to look and to see somebody sculpt something and then they breathe on it and it comes to life. Talk about crazy. That would be awesome to see what the Lord was Doing at creation, to see the very world take shape in front of your eyes, that is like something out of our imaginations. And the great thing is, is when he makes the world over again, when he comes back to get us home, we will get to see creation again because he will remake this earth. So we will be witnessing it for ourselves, except for him shaping humanity, but we will get to see the world made new. And that is gonna be awesome to see. And I can't wait to see it for myself, but I wanted to read what she has to say about evolution. And I'm going to take this from education. It's going to be a few pages long from page 128 to 134. And she talks about what the truth really is. So pay close attention and we'll discuss it further. She says this, since the book of nature and the book of revelation bear the impress of the same mastermind, they cannot but speak in harmony by different methods and in different languages. They witness to the same great truths. Science is ever discovering new wonders, but she brings from her research nothing that, rightly understood, conflicts with divine revelation. The book of nature and the written words shed light upon each other. They make us acquainted with God by teaching us something of the laws through which he works. Inferences erroneously drawn from facts observed in nature have, however, led to supposed conflict between science and revelation, and in In the effort to restore harmony, interpretations of scripture have been adopted that undermine and destroy the force of the word of God. Geology has been thought to contradict the literal interpretation of the mosaic record of the creation. Millions of years, it is claimed, were required for the evolution of the earth from chaos. And in order to accommodate the Bible to this supposed revelation of science, the days of creation are assumed to have been vast, indefinite periods covered thousands or even millions of years. Such a conclusion is wholly uncalled for. The Bible record is in harmony with itself and with the teaching of nature. Of the first day employed in the work of creation is given the record the evening and the morning were the first day Genesis 1.5. And the same in substance is said of each of the first six days of creation week. Each of these periods inspiration declares to have been a day consisting of evening and morning. Like every other day since that time, in regard to the work of creation itself, the divine testimony is, he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Psalms 33 9. With him who could thus call into existence unnumbered worlds, how long a time would be required for the evolution of the earth from chaos? In order to account for his works, must we do violence to his word? This is very interesting because every day is that day? Same as it always has been, same as it always will be. And nature does not contradict what the Lord tells us in His Word. Six days He created Earth, and that's six literal days, not 6,000 years, not millions of years, six literal days. And it doesn't do violence to the laws of nature. God can speak unnumbered worlds into existence with a snap of His finger if you want to, but He chose this for a reason. But let's continue with what you has to say. It is true that remains found in the earth testify to the existence of men, animals, and plants much larger than any now known. These are regarded as proving the existence of vegetable and animal life prior to the time of the Mosaic record. But concerning these things, Bible history furnishes ample explanation. Before the flood, the development of vegetable and animal life was immeasurably superior to that which has since been known. At the flood, the surface of the earth was broken up. Marked changes took place and in the reformation of the earth's crust were preserved many evidences of the life previously existing. The vast forests buried in the earth at the time of the flood and since changed to coal form the extensive coal fields and yield the supplies of oil that minister to our comfort and convenience today. These things as they are brought to light are so many witnesses mutely testifying to the truth of the word of God. Before the flood took place they not only were way taller than us but they had full capacity of their brain they were living way longer than us and so many things that they had the bible says there's nothing new under the sun they had a lot of things that we have today and it's really amazing when you find out about all of the discoveries that they had and all of the things that were similar to the things we have today. And after the flood happened, the Lord allowed them to eat meats to reduce their lifespan so that sin would not last so long. Because the reason the flood happened in the first place is because of the sin and the wickedness that the people did and for how long it lasted. Because the life of the man lasted 900 years in some cases. And he didn't want sin to last that long anymore. So that's why that happened. But let's get back to this. She says, akin to the theory concerning the evolution of the earth is that which attributes to an ascending line of germs, mollusks, and quadrupeds the evolution of man, the crowning glory of creation. When consideration is given to man's opportunities for research, how brief his life, how limited his fear of action, how restricted his vision, how frequent, and how great the errors in his conclusions, especially as concerns the events thought to antedate Bible history, how often the supposed deductions of science are reversed or cast aside, with what readiness the assumed period of the Earth's development is from time to time increased or diminished by millions of years, and how the theories advanced by different scientists conflict with one another. Considering all this, shall we, for the privilege of tracing our descent from germs and mollusks and apes, consent to cast away that statement of holy writ, so grand in its simplicity, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Genesis 1.27 Shall we reject the genealogical record? Prouder than any treasured in the courts of kings, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Luke 3.38 Rightly understood, both the revelations of science and the experiences of life are in harmony with the testimony of scripture to the constant working of God in nature. And that is an amazing thing. It doesn't matter what these scientists claim. It doesn't matter how they date things because we are told in the Bible how it happened and what took place. And we don't know the effects that the flood had when the flood took place. It could have drastically altered how things were aged and how they found things. And the simple fact of the matter is is that Satan doesn't want people to believe that God created the earth because then they would have to believe in God. And he would much rather them believe in nothing than to have them believe in a God that made you and loves you and has a purpose for you. That he can't stand. And the Lord does love us and he does have a purpose for us. And creation shows us this in the love and the attention and the detail that is all around us. We can see this and feel it. And it's so amazing. She continues, In the hymn recorded by Nehemiah, the Levite sang, Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. has made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth, and all things that are therein, the seas, and all that is therein, and thou preservest them all. Nehemiah 9.6. As regards this earth, scripture declares the work of creation to have been completed. The works were finished from the foundation of their world. Hebrews 4.3. But the power of God is still exercised in upholding the objects of his creation. It is not because the mechanism, once set in motion, continues to act by its own inherent energy, that the pulse beat and breath follows breath. Every breath, every pulsation of the heart is an evidence of the care of him in whom we live and move and have our being. From the smallest insect to man, every living creature is daily dependent upon his providence. And it really is amazing when we study the human body and how DNA works and how the body function and how the brain works and how all of these little tiny, tiny details w- go into how our body works. It is amazing to see, and when we look at the body and how it is formed and shaped, no scientist can explain how it got to be the way it is, but we can explain it because God formed it and made it and created it to be exactly how it is, and it is really truly amazing. Psalms 104, 27 through 30 says, These wait all upon thee, that thou givest them, they gather. Thou openest thy hand, they are filled with good. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. Thou takest Away their breath, they die, and return to their dust. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the faith of the earth. He stretches out the north over the empty place, and hangeth the earth upon nothing. He bindeth up the waters in his thick clouds, and the cloud is not rent under them. He hath compassed the waters with bounds, until the day and night come to an end. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his rebuke. He stilleth the sea with his power. By his spirit the heavens are beauty. His hand hath pierced the glass serpent. Lo, these are but the outskirts of his ways, and how small a whisper do we hear of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? Job 267 through 10, and Job 2611 through 14. We don't even begin to comprehend how it all took place, but we can accept it by faith that creation was a result of God speaking things into existence, and it was good, and it is good. And even after all of these years of sin, it is still a beautiful planet. Yes, there's parts of it that are ugly and it's only because of our neglect and disregard of the earth that it is that way and also because of it being cursed twice already. And we know that things are going to change when the new earth happens. But even with all of that, we still have so much beauty surrounding us and that is an amazing thing to think about. And it is such a gift to look upon the beauty and wonders of nature. We are so privileged to look out and see the mighty power. And this is exactly what she says in this next paragraph. The mighty power that works through all nature and sustains all things is not, as some men of science claim, merely an all-pervading principle and actuating energy. God is a spirit, yet he is a personal being. For man was made in his image. As a personal being, God has revealed himself in his Son, Jesus, the outshining of the Father's glory, and the express image of his person, Hebrews 1, 3, was on earth found in fashion as a man. As a personal savior, he he came to the world as a personal savior he ascended on high as a personal savior he intercedes in the heavenly court before the throne of god in our behalf ministers one like the son of man daniel 7 13 we are so blessed that the lord sacrificed his life and is doing this for our own good and for our benefit because without him we would be lost and we would have nothing to look forward to and death would mean the end but we are guaranteed and we are given a hope that death isn't the end that that the resurrection is coming and that he's coming and if we just follow him and submit to him and sacrifice all for him we can be where he is now and we will be given something better than we can ever hope and that something better is the love that he promises us and he's just waiting for us to come to him with open arms and these are just some of the lessons we can get from creation when we look out and we see the attention to detail and the love that he has for us and the bible says the same thing he says that the lily is not more beautiful than we are even as he clothed the lily we are much more precious to him and that is an amazing thing to think about she continues the apostle paul writing by the holy spirit declares of christ that all things have been created through him and unto him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together colossians 1 16 and 17 the hand that sustains the worlds in space the hand that holds in their orderly arrangement and tireless activity all things throughout the universe of God is the hand that was nailed to the cross for us. Solemn words indeed. And we look out into outer space and we see all of these planets and all of these stars that just hang there motionless and suspended in space. Yet some of them are orbiting and we have the the moons that gravity pulls that controls the ocean and all of these things and how we orbit the sun and yet we never fall and we never get off course. And it is because the Lord has a hand in all of these things and He he holds it all together and he's in charge of it and he is the same person who was nailed to that cross for us he sacrificed a big part of himself of who he was so that he could save us from our sins the creator became a creation so that we could be restored to our creator and we can be very thankful for all that he has done for us and it is because of the love that he has for us and so the next time we look out into nature and we see all these beautiful things in the earth we can think about these lessons and that is why in some of the parables the Lord uses nature to bring the eye back to himself and so that we can see that he does love us and that he does want what's best for us and he's showing us a better way she continues the greatness of God is to us incomprehensible the Lord's throne is in heaven Psalms 11 4 yet by his spirit he is everywhere present he has an intimate knowledge of and a personal interest in all the works of his hand. Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humble himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in the grave, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Psalms 113, 5-6, and Psalms 139. Seven through ten. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou searchest out my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Psalms 139, 2 through 6. It was the Maker of all things who ordained the wonderful adaptation of means to end, of supply to Need. It was he who in the material world provided that every desire implanted should be met. It was he who created the human soul with its capacity for knowing and for loving. And he is not in himself such as to leave the demands of the soul unsatisfied. No intangible principle, no impersonal essence or mere abstraction can satisfy the needs and longings of human beings in this life of struggle with sin and sorrow and pain. It is not enough to believe in law and force and things that have no pity and never hear the cry for help. We need to know an almighty arm that will hold us up, of an infinite friend that pities us. We need to clasp a hand that is warm, to trust in a heart full of tenderness, and even so God has in His word revealed Himself. This is so beautifully put. This is so amazing to think about. We need the Lord so much in our lives. We would not be what we are today without him and he can show us so much more than what we know of today we will always be learning we will always be studying and when we accept him and hold him to us and trust in him we will have that friend and that love that we can find nowhere else in the world people try to fill it with all of these things but yet they still find emptiness and they feel that void even if they don't want to admit it they feel it and they try to fill it with all of these other other things. And they're just missing out because they're searching for the one thing that they either don't want to accept or that they're unwilling to give up the things that they have to accept it. And that is sad indeed. We, we must be willing to give up whatever it takes to be with the Lord because we love Him. Not because we fear the consequences, but because we truly want to be with Him and we love Him. She continues, He who studies most deeply into the mysteries of nature will realize most fully his own ignorance and weakness. He will realize that there are depths and heights which he cannot reach, secrets which he cannot penetrate, vast fields of truth lying before him unentered. He will be ready to say with Newton, I seem to myself to have been like a child on the seashore, finding pebbles and shells, while the great ocean of truth lay undiscovered before me. The deepest students of science are constrained to recognize in nature the working of infinite power. But to man's unaided reason, nature's teaching cannot but be contradictory and disappointing. Only in the light of revelation can it be read aright. Through faith we understand, Hebrews 11:3. 3. It is through faith that we believe and we can see. We must accept the things we cannot understand by faith. And if we have questions about creation and how things work and how it all operates, we can wait until we get to heaven and we can ask the great creator himself and he can explain to us more fully in depth. Not to say that we can't study things out here, we can, but but we might not be able to understand everything here on this earth. We will have to just wait to heaven and ask all of the questions that we can get and study things out further, things that we haven't probably even seen or heard of on this world yet. And that is so mind boggling, but so interesting at the same time. And I can't wait to see what those discoveries are and to s- explore them all out. It sounds so fascinating, so interesting. And, it, and it's amazing to think that the Lord loves us enough that he wants us to have this information and to share this information with the world. He wants them to know that he created them because he loves them and he wants them to be saved because he loves them and he has something better in store for them. In the beginning, God created, it says in Genesis 1.1. Here alone can the mind in its eager questioning, fleeing as the dove to the ark, find rest. Above, beneath, beyond, abides infinite love, working out all things to accomplish the good pleasure of his goodness. Thessalonians 1.11. The invisible things of him, since the creation of the world, are perceived through the things that are made, even his everlasting power and divinity. Romans 1.20. But their testimony can be understood only through the aid of the divine teacher. What man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 2.11. When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. John 16 13 only by the aid of that spirit who in the beginning was brooding upon the face of the waters of that word by whom all things were made of that true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world can the testimony of science be rightly interpreted only by their guidance can its deepest truths be discerned only under the direction of the omniscient one shall we in the study of his works be enabled to think his thoughts after him so we need to pray and and ask for understanding when it comes to these things. And it is only when we have these things in us, when we pray for the Holy Spirit's guidance, when we ask for the light of the truth to shine upon us, that we will be able to understand what true science really is, and he will lead us into all truth. Now, I can't read all of this since we don't have time, but I do want to read a few paragraphs from Patriarchs and Prophets. But read for yourself chapter 2 of Patriarchs and Prophets entitled Creation, and it is amazing. But I'm going going to read the first couple chapters. And it says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spake and it was, he commanded and it stood fast. Psalms 33, 6 and 9. He laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever. Psalms 104, 5. As the earth came forth from the hand of its maker, it was exceedingly beautiful. Its surface was diversified with mountains, hills, and plains, interspersed with noble rivers and lovely lakes. But the hills and mountains were not abrupt and rugged, abounding in terrific steeps and frightful chasms, as they now do. The sharp, ragged edges of earth's rocky framework were buried beneath the fruitful soil, which everywhere produced a luxuriant growth of verdure. There were no loathsome swamps or barren deserts. Graceful shrubs and delicate flowers greeted the eye at every turn. The heights were crowned with trees more majestic than any that now exist. The air, untainted by foul Masma was clear and healthful. The entire landscape outvied the beauty, the decorated grounds of the proudest palace. The angelic host viewed the scene with delight and rejoiced at the wonderful works of God. After the earth with its teeming animal and vegetable life had been called into existence, man, the crowning work of the creator and the one for whom the beautiful earth had been lifted up, was brought upon the stage of action. To him was given dominion over all that his eye could behold. For God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over all the earth. So God created man in his own image. Male and female created he them. Here is clearly set forth the origin of the human race and the divine record is so plainly stated that there is no occasion for erroneous conclusions. God created man in his own image. Here is no mystery. There is no ground for the supposition that man was evolved by slow degrees of development from the lower forms of animal or vegetable life. Such teaching lowers the great work of the Creator to the level of man's narrow, earthly concepts. Men are so intent upon excluding God from the sovereignty of the universe that they degrade man and defraud him of the dignity of his origin. He who set the starry worlds on high and tinted with delicate skill the flowers of the field, who filled the earth and the heavens with the wonders of his power. When he came to crown his glorious work to place one in the midst to stand as ruler of the fair earth, did not fail to create a being worthy of the hand that gave him life. The genealogy of our race as is given by inspiration traces back its origin not to a line of developing germs mollusks and quadrupeds but to the great creator though formed from dust, Adam was the son of God. This is amazing and very clear and I highly encourage you to Read the rest of it It is so amazing And I might do a part two And read the rest of this I'll pray about it And see And if you guys are interested Let me know Leave comments Wherever you can On YouTube On Facebook And let me know If you would like me To finish reading This whole chapter It is really something When you think about All of these amazing things We do not have to be Left in doubt God created us Because he loves us And when we say that And we have doubts And when people say That we evolved from nothing They are doing degrading us. They are saying that we are not worthy but we are worthy because God created us with his own hands and we can tell them that and tell them the reason why and share with them that God loves them and they have a purpose in life and that is why a lot of these young people commit suicides because they think that they were created from nothing and therefore they have nothing to look forward to but we have a hope that we can give them and we know without a shadow of a doubt and we can have faith in the fact that we were not made from these things that evolution is a false theory created by Satan and that creation was a gift from God and he is the one who gave us life as we know it so now that we know the truth we must share it with others and we might not have scientific record or PhDs or a degree backing us up but we can prove through the Bible and through the spirit of prophecy that creation took place through the word of the Lord and not by evolution like these people would have you to believe and you don't need a fancy... Degree to prove anything, we must accept by faith the things that are shown to us, and we can know that the Lord loves us and He wants us to be with Him. Through creation in itself is such a beautiful lesson. So take what you have seen, take what you have known, and share it with the others, and use nature to help you point it out. We have everything around us, even ourselves, and the human body is a testament that the Lord created us, and that we should give praise and honor to our great Creator. Now, with that, I would like to sing a song that goes really well with this, I think. There are a lot of songs that you could sing for this, but I chose this one. I Sing the Mighty Power of God.
1: I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines at His command, and all the stars obey. I sing the goodness of the Lord who filled the earth with food, who formed the creatures through the world. And then pronounce them good Lord, how thy wonders are displayed Where I turn my eye If I survey the ground I tread Or gaze upon the sky There's not a plant or flower below But makes thy glories known And clouds arise and tempests blow By order from thy throne While all that borrows life from thee Is ever in thy care And everywhere that we can be You got our present there And we should sing the mighty power of God Because he did make everything
0: And he is present everywhere And we can see that and know Even the great scientists back then Like Newton knew that God created the earth And he understood that he was a creation And not something that just happened by a mistake Or accident or cosmic event Or whatever the theory is of the day but was created with a purpose in mind. And that is really something to think about. Not that we need these scientists to back up, but when science does prove creation, it is really exciting to see it when we have the evidence in our hand. But even if without the evidence, we can believe and know for a fact that we are loved and are created by someone who loves us. Remember what it says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. So with all of this being said, let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.